When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. This show is giving me a bonus, and I hope it's giving you one too. Welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend, the ever controversial Chris Sinzak. How's it going? It's going good, man. I'm, I see you making peace on the Facebook with people. Sign up for the VIP if you want to hear about that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Good stuff, people. Good stuff for the VIPs. Yeah. But great stuff for you today on the Decibel Geek Podcast. Man, we've been having so much fun here lately, and we're rocking into December. We, yeah. We're coming up on the end of the year. We're talking about our one of our great episodes that we do every single year at the very end is our year in review of well, we this it, year. You know, we do it at best. the very beginning of next year. Right, yeah, yeah more or less. Well, because everybody does theirs at the end of the year. I like to wait an extra week. That's true. In yeah. case we miss something, yeah. they go back and well, oh, yeah, Cobras and Fire said this, or right. BJ said that, or, you know, yeah, for sure. But I think I already got mine all figured out. Oh, I'm a long way to go. All right, well, it'll be interesting for sure. But we've got a little ways to go before we get there. we got mm-hmm. Christmas coming up, all kinds of good things but today we're doing something really cool mm-hmm. we've got a special friend coming over with yes. us and we're talking about special bonus tracks and i'm gonna yeah. tell you all about that in a minute but one thing i got to do before we start the show and that's taking care of a little bit of business and my favorite business is when i open this up right there and take a look i see five stars and it says great mm-hmm. and then <laughs> there's some writing that I don't quite understand. You can't read that? What language is this? It's Japanese. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It says pot by squiggly letter, squiggly letter, squiggly letter from that, Japan. Oh, yeah. Okay, there I do see that. <laughs> wow, yeah. Wow, that's weird. Japanese typing is strange. It doesn't look like Japanese well, writing. The review itself is in English. It just says great. No, look underneath. That's in some other language, too. No, it's not. maybe we're looking at two different things hang on we're very well oh wait okay okay it's written weird though does it say excellent program Mm -hmm. with guest interview good interview oh with good interview chica chico japan from japan wow i'm gonna make i'm gonna make a guess on who this is okay there's a guy named um 
Chico? No. <laughs> Shiaki, who hosts a show called uh, Metal Moment. Right. It's also yeah. the Japanese metalhead show. He's a Japanese sure. guy. Sure. We talked to him way back in the day. Well, this is like Chico from Japan, something. so I'm kind of wondering if it's him. But then again... But his name's not Chico. Maybe it's like a nickname. We'll take it either way. Know. Five stars from the land of the rising sun. I'll How do you it. like that? I think it's great. That's awesome. I love it. I still think we should do an episode of like Japanese metal or something. <sighs> Easy O. That's about it for me. Loudness. Yeah, loudness. Mm-hmm. We'd have to do some research for sure. <laughs> David Glenn, who was a contributor to Decibel Geek, lives in Japan part time. That's right. We just ask him. Yeah. So he's oh he's What's pushed for us to there? do that. Huh? All these awesome American bands. The right. same bands you guys talk about are huge over here. Yeah, Nickelback's big in Japan. Those guys are big everywhere. That's true. Are they coming to the expo? No. Damn it. All right. Or are they? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be awesome either way. Yeah. All right. So what else we got going on? Ah, our people, our friends. Geeks of the Week. You liked last week's episode, didn't you? Yeah. A lot of people did. Our Geeks of the Week shared it. I thought we did a great job on last week's episode. We were fantastic. No thanks to Rich and Wally. Those hosers are rehired. Even though they didn't show up. <laughs> All right. But yeah, no, they did, good, did a good job. And uh, check out CGCM yeah. and check out their show because they're doing a great job. On they really show. are, man. I love their show a lot. Taught them everything they know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Geeks of the Week this week are Trevor McDougal, Brian Knapp, Sonny, Sonny Pooney, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark Alden Taylor, Wayne Cross, Dave Koska, Mike Grabowski, Aaron Baker, Brent Cattell, Growing Up Rock Podcast, Kenneth Roy... Uh, Sean Cullen, Shane Aber, Andrew Jacobs, Adam Cox, Shane Aber again, James Brendan Dunn, Cool World, Jay Shablewski, Digital Kill, the Radio Star, Alan Big Al Tape, Christopher Stokes, Save Rock and Metal, JJ Mack, Ernesto Aguiar, and Twisted Kister. Twisted Kister? Yeah. That's awesome. What do you want to do with your life? I know now. All right. So um, this is a th- this is one of those themes for an episode that it's amazing it took us this long to get to it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and it took a, a, a returning uh, DBG VIP to uh, give us the idea. That's right. That's right. Brian Davis joins us again, and uh, this is bonus tracks. And uh, just a word of caution: if your bonus lasts more than four hours, consult a doctor. <laughs> But uh, Brian, as the host of the Damn Good Movie Memory Podcast. Memory Podcast, yeah. Yeah, it's a better memory than mine. Um, And you should check that one out for sure. Yeah, for sure, because he's a cool dude, and I know his show is awesome. We talk a little bit about movies. I don't know if that's part of this episode. It is. Is it? All right, cool. Right on. Yeah, near the end. So get some good movie talk at the end of it. But in the meantime, you're going to get to hear some of the greatest songs throughout rock history that were considered bonus tracks. Mm-hmm. A little something extra for you this week. Yeah, so check this out. Yes. Yes. All right, well, I kind of was going with the Twin Peaks vibe. All right, Aaron, you want to start? Sure, I'll go first. Um... Yeah, this is a pretty cool subject to try to figure out, you know, because 
you really go down the rabbit hole with the research on something like this, you know, because originally when you guys brought the idea to me, I thought, man, this is cool. I, mm-hmm. I love this idea. I got a couple right off the top of my head I'd definitely go with. And then it's like, well, let me d- dig around a little bit and see what else I can find, you know. And so you think about your favorite bands, you know, and then it's like, what's what bonus tracks, what un- unheard things are out there that I don't know about. And all of a sudden I'm discovering all kinds of stuff. And this was one... I really like this a lot. It was off the Welcome to My Nightmare, the iTunes edition. It came out in 2011. This is one that our good buddy Chuck Garrick had a big hand in writing. And when I listen to this, like that Welcome to My Nightmare 2 was supposed to be kind of a throwback mm-hmm. to like early Alice stuff. But to me, this song <laughs> yeah. epitomizes like the early sound of Alice Cooper's solo career more than anything that ended up on the album. It's a great tune. I know you guys are going to dig it, and it's called Bad Situation. Desperation. 
dig that one and you're right it's got a com- that that's almost closer than anything else on the album I to agree. the old sound totally that, brian had you heard that one before yeah that album's oh yeah yeah it's on the itunes exclusive i think yeah. and uh that album's all over the place it's fun but uh you know you have kesha and you have just some crazy stuff on there and it, it's a lot of fun to listen to and, and like you guys said that that song is more close to classic alice than anything yeah, yeah. i agree that okay. one really grabbed me the first time i heard it that album was a grower for me. Yeah. I, I didn't like it totally right off the bat. Although one that sticks with me, and it's it's really nothing like any other Alice Cooper song, is "I Am Made of You." I, yeah, I just I love yeah. the vibe of that song. Yeah, it's kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, you're right. That album is all over the place, but yeah. I really like it a lot. Yeah, that's a good choice for the first. Yeah, one. and there's a few bonus tracks off the out there off of that one. Yeah, so if you guys love the Alice Cooper and you like that album, there's more songs out there you can hunt them down. One of my uh, also yeah, ran picks uh, for this that I didn't end up going with, which was actually suggested by a number of listeners, was uh, Can't Sleep, The Clowns Will Eat Me from Brutal Planet. Have oh, you heard wow. that one? No. That's a, pretty, mm. that's a cool track. I almost went with that one, but I decided. And once you sat out, once you had your pick, I was like, all right, we're going to stick with one Alice song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sometimes you got to be quick with these things, you know? <laughs> I gotta hurry up and get my picks in so I make I sure know, I, I get my list first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian, what do you got for your first one? All right, so I'm going to go with uh, the band Airborne, and the song is "Let's Ride." And so, you know, if you're into ACDC, and you, you you've likely heard about Airborne because they have a major and obvious ACDC influence, and they're based out of Australia, mm-hmm. and their major label debut was "Running Wild." And it's just a terrific slab of hard rock with obvious nods to like Rose Tattoo and Motorhead, and of course ACDC. And you know, I even hear like kind of a young Brian Johnson in the vocal style of Joel O'Keefe. And I always think it's kind of really cool that he plays lead guitar in addition to his lead vocals, sort of like what Zach Wilde does. And so the song I picked, Let's Ride, was only included on the Australian and New Zealand issues of that album, Run Wild, from 2007. And it eventually was replaced by the song Hellfire, and that's the one that most people have heard. Um, but I kind of wish they included both songs in the album because they definitely both rule and, you know, Let's Ride is just balls to the wall, hard rock. And Airborne's definitely a band to check out if, if you like no-nonsense hard rock. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't include it on their B-Sides collection that was just released called Diamond Cuts. But in any case, it's a kick-ass song, so definitely crank it up.
Yeah, this is my first time getting to hear that, and it kind of blows me away, too, that that didn't end up on an album that anybody got to hear because that stands up right up there stronger mm-hmm. or just as strong as anything else on that album. Yeah, and I, you know, I think we're going to try to prove with this episode that you know bonus tracks aren't always throwaway tracks right you know, they're you know it's because i know that's they get that gets slagged with that idea from a lot of people but it's uh it got so, cut for a reason yeah. or it just wasn't good enough or whatever Well, a lot of i don't know about you guys but a lot of my a lot of my picks are japanese bonus tracks yeah know? and it's mostly because of the exchange rate co- making it cost more for in japan to get these albums so that's kind of the i think that's the compromise that they bands typically will throw a bonus track on the album yeah and um yeah there's been some some great ones on there so for my first one um brian being a bay area guy thought i would pick something close to home for you so i went with a y&t song and um i appreciate it yeah and uh in rock we trust from 1984 band's highest charting album at the time reached number 46 which is still way too low in my opinion um Came close to gold status. This album's got a lot of really good songs on it. Of course, you know, and the, they're, uh, we were talk- talking before the show about how there's no subtlety in, in Dave Menachetti's lyrics <laughs> and song titles. They're, they're very on the nose. Like, I mean, they open the album with Rock and Roll's Gonna Save the World. There's yeah. nothing subtle about that. Um, one of my favorite songs on there is Masters and Slaves. I love the guitar playing on that song. Uh, of course, you've got Lipstick and Leather, Don't Stop Running. Those are always in the set list. Yeah. But uh, this bonus track fits right in on, on the album. It's equally as good as all those songs, in my opinion. This is a song called Go for the Throat. Stay. I don't want to be your loving man. Stay. 
first time I've ever heard that one too, man. Yeah. I love that. That's cool. I'm talking about Dave Menichetti. What a horn dog that guy was. Yeah, no kidding. It's like most of his songs are about <laughs> fucking, you know, all the time. Dave Menichetti going to town. He may just have wanted to be an ear, nose, and throat doctor. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he definitely gives Gene Simmons a run for well, his money with the innuendo yeah, for sure. I, I'm, though. I'm trying to protect Dave in these, you know, really challenging times right? for guys. Yeah. So. Oh, I know. <laughs> Dave Minichetti sang uh, a song to me in 1984. It really 1984 was a bad year yeah. for me out here. It oh, gave well. me special feelings. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, well, no, but this I hadn't I hadn't heard this song either, and I love the drum sound. It's it almost sounds like kind of different for Y and T, but it's such a good song. Yeah. You know? And I was in the comments I saw on YouTube was a guy who's saying that this was like his favorite song to drum along to. Um, I can see that. Mm. I mean, it's almost drum machine ish. I don't I don't know that it is. I'm sure it's still Leonard playing the drums, but but it does have that that sheen to it. Almost that kind of that Keith Olsen drum production from that that was so common in the 80s. All right. Well, Aaron, it's back to you. All right. Well, this one's probably not too rare. I think most people that are fans of our kind of music have heard this one by now. It came off of the very first Ozzy Osbourne solo album back in 1980, Blizzard of Oz. It was a bonus track that got put on like later versions when the the, the remaster thing really started kicking off. Ozzy Osbourne was on the case with that you know and he did it right by adding extra tracks on there mm-hmm. that no one's ever heard before gave you a reason to go buy the album again because you knew you owned it the first time anyway mm-hmm. but man this track is just killer we used to actually play this on the radio like it was a brand new single in yeah. 2008 or whenever it was you know <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good man and i learned something new when we when we talked about this with our vips what we were doing this week and yeah. asked for some suggestions and some ideas or what they would have picked I learned that this was actually an original Quiet Riot song. Really? That Randy brought in. Oh, and wow. That, it, it, allegedly, as huh. far as I know. And, man, he, Randy just kills it on this song. The solo is just a mind blower. And I got to imagine Ozzy Osbourne wrote this one about Sharon. You looking at me, looking at you.
So you've heard that one before, right? Not till recently. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, really? Yeah, I, ne- <laughs> I never bought the remaster when it came out, but uh, I was l- listening to it today. It was like, it sounds like, you know, I always try, every time I hear something, I'm like, oh, that sounds like this, or this sounds like yeah. somebody else. I think like the, the verse parts sound like Iron Maiden musically, because it's got like that galloping bass line. Yeah. And then the chorus, though, sounds like it could have been an Ace Fraley song from like the late 70s. Yeah, I could have heard Ace singing that song. I definitely see that. Yeah, Yeah. but I don't know. I'm just I'm a nerd, so I I try (laughs) to make up my mind of of different uh, combinations. But Brian, I guess you probably knew about it already, right? I did, and and unfortunately, this is kind of during the infamous era where Sharon had uh, the guys re-record, you know, with Mike Borden and Robert Trujillo over Lee Kerslake and Bob Daisley, and so that's when a lot of people got to finally hear this song. Unfortunately, it was under false pretenses, so um, I was always always bummed they didn't ever re-release You Said It All, which was on Mr. Crowley EP, and that's a great song. I don't know if I know that one. I don't know that one. Hmm. Yeah, definitely check out You Said It All. I'm sure it's on YouTube and everything, but it's it sounds like it's totally done live. That's awesome. Yeah, and Ozzy's come out with a ton of great bonus tracks over the years. That One Up the B-Side is awesome, and Party with the Animals is yep. great. And mm, I love that song. Wow, Don't Play so Me. Yeah. Oh, so many good songs. Yeah, there's a lot to get lost in. There's cool. a lot up Ozzy Osbourne's Dark Sleeves. Cool. All right, Brian, what do you got next? <laughs> you probably do an episode... You could probably do an episode just on Ozzy's, uh, you know, unreleased stuff. Yeah, I totally could. And it would be an awesome episode full of great music. That'd be cool to do. So my next pick is uh, The Mighty Judas Priest, and the song is called Turn On Your Light. And uh, in 2001, the entire Judas Priest catalog was re-released and included, like, all new mastering and, and bonus tracks. And for the most part, almost all of the bonus tracks came from the Turbo Sessions, which was from 1985, because the the original idea was to have a double album entitled Twin Turbos. And of course, that never happened. However, a lot of those tracks eventually became Ram It Down. Um, But anyway, it kind of made for a weird listening experience to buy all these remastered albums. And then you get to the bonus tracks and they sound like they have 1985 production. So it just didn't work for like Sin After Sin and, uh, you know, albums from the 70s. The exception to the rule was Turn On Your Light, which appears on the Defenders of Faith reissue. Turn On Your Light is just a terrific song, and it's really kind of stripped down and sounds nothing like anything from uh, Turbo. And I really love the acoustic guitars, and Rob's vocals kind of remind me of Before the Dawn, which, of course, was on Hellbent Leather. If you're in the U.K., it was called Killing Machine. Uh, I would have loved to see this live, especially when the band was doing an acoustic uh, version of Diamonds and Rust during the Angel Retribution tour. But in any case, the buildup of the song is is so amazing, and and you get a terrific explosion to the dual electric guitar guitar solos it's just fabulous and to me this is just a forgotten jam that really should have been included on an original album in my opinion
Yeah, kind of unpriest-like, but cool in its own weird way. I do like how it builds. Like it, yeah. it's, it's really dramatic sounding the way it plays out. Well, good. And any day I get to hear a Judas Priest song I never heard before is a good day. Yeah, and they've uh, they've come up in discussion a lot lately. Actually, with our last guest that we uh, just recorded with, yeah, we uh, we had a good time talking about them. Can't ever get tired of talking or playing Judas Priest. 
I'm, and I'm looking forward to their new album too. Oh yeah. yeah it's called uh, firepower. It's coming, nice. out, coming out next year. Yeah. So for my next pick, I went with, uh, this is kind of a definitely off the beaten path. This is an album that's not even in print anymore. Um, you can have to buy it used off Amazon. Use our link. Of course. Um, King Cobra put, put out a self-titled album in 2011 and, um, <clears throat> was released in April, 2011 in Japan with 13 tracks and on April 15th in 2011, and then North America in May with 12. So I wanted to pick something off the Japan version. Uh, it's the first vocalist to feature Paul Shortino on vocals. And it was the first since 1986 to feature Johnny Rodmick, Sweeta, and Dave, Dave Hinserling, who was formerly David Michael Phillips. He oh. went with his real name <laughs> on bass and guitar, respectively. There's some good tracks on here. Um, I think they did better with the album after this one. They kind of created more of their own sound. But this song, in my opinion, basically sounds like something they would have done with Mark Free, but with the gravelly cool vocals of Paul Shortino. This is King Cobra with Red Flags.
is one rad song. I feel like I'm in 1984 all over again. Never say die, Iron Eagle. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first album with Paul Shortino. Yeah. Why did Mark Free leave the band? Because he's no longer Mark Free. He's, so that was at that time? Yeah, I think. Yeah, Marcy Free. It was a couple years before that. Even. Marcy Free. Yeah, now he's Marcy Free. And, right. Although there's a a band that he started or she started called unruly child. That's actually got some pretty good material. And I was going to say, why couldn't she just keep singing for King Cobra? It's just not the, t- the right time for something like that. I, I think? guess Carmine of peace is a sexist. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Chris um, Sinzak said it, not me. <laughs> there goes that interview. I'm on a roll and you're blowing all kinds <laughs> of interviews for us. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I just, I thought I liked the 80s sound of that song. Had you heard that one before? I had it, and I, I kind of got a kind of a rat vibe from it, yeah. at, least, at least the guitar stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought it, it sounded really cool. Thanks. It is pretty cool. I like it too. All right. Yeah, and those are and those uh, those later albums with Paul Sertino are really good. They're definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I uh, got to meet him at Nam last year, and he was super nice, really cool guy. And I know. Oh, and, awesome! And they're recording and going to release a new Rough Cut album soon. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's nice. Oh, awesome. I like that. Billy Hardaway's excited, I'm sure. I bet he is. I'm excited. That's awesome. Cool. All right, well, it's back to Aaron. Okay, so we mentioned how we like to talk to our VIPs a little earlier, and this is one where I was actually influenced by them because after we put it to them and asked them, you know, what are some of your favorite bonus tracks, the list went on and on and on with all kinds of great stuff, and it actually made me change my pick when I saw somebody on there talking about the song Living for the Minute. This was a song that was uh, used as a B-side for nothing but a good time right. on Poison's second album, Open Up and Say Ah. Mm-hmm. This is a song that, you know, why put your mama can't dance on the album when you got something like this sitting there ready to rock? Right. This is a killer Poison song. It's it's the band through and through. If you like Poison, this is what you like about them, I would think. So check it out. It's Poison with Living for the Minute.
Heavy metal masterpieces, now even heavier. Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz Expanded Edition. Features never before released bonus tracks. Diary of a Madman, Legacy Edition. Includes a previously unreleased live bonus disc. Available individually or in a collector's edition box with vinyl albums, DVD of rare live footage, exclusive book and more. Before we get back into our conversation with Brian, covering the awesomeness of songs that, for whatever reason, weren't considered part of the main album, why? We'll never know. But we enjoy those and we celebrate them here today. Before we get back into that, I want to let you guys know that if you love the Decibel Geek podcast, and I know that you do, what you really should be asking somebody for for Christmas is a VIP subscription. Become a DBG VIP today. And what you get is all kinds of good stuff. We've got the Chris and Aaron show that's going on 60-plus episodes now. You get it from all the way back to number one. Yeah, it's a good backlog now. There's some hilarious stuff. Let me tell you, we are only half as funny on the Decibel Geek podcast because we're trying to rock and roll and you know be serious and talk mm-hmm. about music. you know. But on Chris and Aaron, when we don't have no subject to stick to... Mm-hmm. We go off the rails sometimes and have yeah. some crazy conversations. But if, if you want a music discussion, though, there is a good drunken Def Leppard versus Bon Jovi <laughs> that I'm still not. I still don't remember, remember who won. I think it ended up like it was a battle of who was worst. No. Well, on one end anyway. Right. But yeah, it was drunken argument. Yeah, it was. It was funny. But that's just... And I got scolded that night. Yeah. There's a lot of Vinnie Vincent talk. There's oh, a lot yeah. of uh, behind-the-scenes talk. There's, yes. You get to hear about interviews we're planning. You'll get to hear about interviews that fell through. You'll get to hear about all kinds of stuff. And we solicit right. ideas from you guys yeah. if you're a VIP. Yeah, you, because then... your song then, picks get used. Right, because once you're a VIP, then you become part of the exclusive VIP group. And that's where Chris and I do all our conversating at. Yeah. Those are the people we spend the time with. You know, you could become one of us and become part of that group. And then, you know, you're getting your input into the show yeah. much more than anybody else. You're finding out information way sooner than anybody else. You are. And you've got access to some really cool stuff in the archives mm-hmm. that include live events like uh, <laughs> Farm Rock when I ran, yeah. you know, just nights when I'm running around with the zoom in my pocket Mm -hmm. you know we got stuff coming up from the expo i tried to release some of that last week you can ask rock and ron he'll back me on this i tried to release some of the 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 much awaited for rock and pod expo footage for or uh audio for our vips and there was a problem with it so he sent it back to me and now i'm working on fixing it so it's coming real soon for our vips along with all that other stuff it's simple. It's easy. Go to Patreon.com. Look mm-hmm. up Decibel Geek on there. You find us. You find your subscription level. There's some that are really very inexpensive. There's some that's yeah. more, and there's an opportunity and for you to host the show with us. Like so, today. 
like we're doing right here today. You know, proof that it works. Yeah, and, Brian's done it twice, so we're doing something right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun for him. It's a lot of fun for us, and we love talking about the bonus tracks today. Absolutely. So we got to let you know because we're ready to get back to the rock and roll. We do something here. You can help us out. It's our Amazon link at decibelgeek.com. There's all kinds of great stuff to find at decibelgeek.com. Spend some time there. And when you're doing your Amazon shopping, heck, right now everybody's doing it. It's the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Everybody's buying gifts. It doesn't have to be anything. You can buy everything at Amazon. All you got to do is hit that link on our website before you do your shopping. Takes you to Amazon. You guys know how this works. I shouldn't have to explain this every single week, but here I find myself doing it again for people <laughs> that just might not know. We'll do so, listeners every week. Let's cut to the chase. You help us out by doing your shopping through Amazon at our website, decibelgeek.com. Amazon kicks us a little something because you did it. It doesn't cost you anything. They give us the list of mm-hmm. what you bought. Yeah, and this week I, the uh, the damn report wouldn't uh, export for me, so I had to take a screenshot of the list. So it's not as detailed as it as it normally is, and I'm not going to read all this stuff because there's a oh, lot. Oh yeah, there is a lot. You guys, Holy moly. Uh, you guys did good. There were 25 things bought in the past seven days, so that's nice. pretty awesome. Nice, thank you guys. Uh, a Colette String Art Book Kit, uh, a Kiss the Elder Volume Two Odyssey. That's a comic book. Oh, cool. Which I didn't know there was an Elder comic book. Uh, let's see. I gotta add that to my Christmas list. No regrets. The Ace Fraley book was bought. Right on. That's uh, cool. A ten pack of Memorex CDRs. So some people are still buying CDs. Good for you. Uh, a Funko Pop movie, Star Wars Princess Leia bobblehead was bought. A uh, chicken foot CD. I didn't know Ian Wildly shopped our link. Oh. Um, let's see. And I know I'm gonna get a message a from him. How come anytime Sammy gets brought up, you say it to me? Because <laughs> um, we know it's true. Right. Uh, let's see. It, I hope you guys caught me on the uh, on the oh uh, yeah rock and metal combat podcast with those guys talking about Lizzie Borden. I was listening to that record. It was today. fun. Such it's a good great album. album. And no, track two is not my favorite out al- the favorite song on the album because it's a soft one. <laughs> Fucking dicks. <laughs> It's like assholes. All right. And then... Uh, you got to do it. Yeah. The Crow on Blu-ray was purchased. That's a good one. Uh, uh, the official Nerf N-Strike Elite Series Dart Refill was bought. I see a couple of different kinds of toys on here. That's yeah. cool. A Doctor Who TARDIS custom non-slip machine wash something. Probably a shirt. Some kind of sexual device. I don't know. An Echo Dot second generation. And uh, and on and on and on. A lot of stuff was bought. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, we appreciate it. Go to decibelgeek.com. Find all your cool articles, photos from bands that are playing all over the world. There's concerts that we can't go to. There's albums we haven't heard yet. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking about picking up an album or maybe putting an album on your own Christmas list, somebody says, what do you want for Christmas? You go to decibelgeek.com. You read some of those awesome reviews from our kick-ass, top-notch rock and roll journalists, and you're going to know exactly what to put on your Christmas list. You're going to say, oh, I need this album oh i need that album but uh christmas time is here do your shopping at amazon speaking of uh, new albums we will do the la guns album reaction one of these nights we're a little late on that sorry yeah but uh hey, we're gonna like, try doing some more of that kind of stuff that's gonna be a regular feature going okay. forward all right so let's <laughs> get try let's get back to uh bonus tracks with brian davis All 
All right. So I'm going to go with uh, Badlands, and the song is Ball and Chain. So, I, you know, I mentioned when I was first on your guys' podcast, I think it was Radio Sucks 25, uh, how much I love Badlands and how underrated I think they are. And, you know, if any band should have been bigger from that era, uh, that's one of my top picks. You know, Ray Gillen had an amazing voice, terrific range, and, of course, Jakey Lee's playing was completely top-notch and, and, and totally different than, than his work with Ozzy. Plus, the debut had the wonderful drumming of Eric Singer. So this is kind of an interesting pick because I wasn't sure if it would qualify as a bonus track, but the original LP release did not include Ball and Chain. The final song of the album was intended to be the, the moody power, power ballad uh, Seasons. But Ball and Chain was included only on the CD and cassette releases and considered an exclusive bonus track for those formats. And so this kind of happened quite often back in the late 80s and early 90s, especially with artists on Atlantic Records, because the labels were kind of trying to switch away, you know, switch their buyers away from LP into like the CD format. And to entice them, they would include these kind of bonus tracks. Uh, as for the actual song, it totally fits on the album. It's it's awesome and sleazy hard rock, killer intro riff that just really powers the entire song. And this is actually one of my favorites on pretty much a damn near perfect album. And I can't speak more highly of, of Badlands and especially this album. <laughs>
That's a. I, there's nothing. Yeah, the, you know they were on a real roll, and even the bonus material is as good as the album. Yeah. And oh yeah. That's, that's pretty wild too. You think about how back at that time, that record companies were really trying to steer pe- people mm-hmm. away from LPs, and how it is now. You know, I remember like I've told the story a million times. Uncle Bruce is you know letting me buy his all his LPs because cassettes you the know future. they're the future <laughs> and then now you know cassettes are are you know worthless well now they're actually coming back in fashion that's cassette the, tapes that's, are that's, yeah they're hipster they're the yeah. hipster trend now it's got to be that that's just got to be a hipster thing because there's cassettes have no redeeming value when it comes to either lp or cd right. sound Mm-hmm. Unless you like the or when you no. played it a million times, get your get your number two pencils out and tighten that thing back up. Nothing worse than being, right. in, being in the middle of a great song and all of a sudden your tape gets eaten, and ah. spits it out all over the place. Or a, or a cassette oh, yeah. tape that you just love and listen to all the time, and then the day comes where it just comes spooling on out of there, and then you work so hard to get it out of the grabbers, you know, yeah. and it breaks, but you get some stupid scotch tape, but then there's always that skip spot in there. Mm-hmm. Damn cassette tapes. It's like your stereo bukkakis all over you. It's terrible. It's a terrible <laughs> feeling. <laughs> That's oh. actually that would be a great band name, Stereo Bukaki. Stereo Bukaki. <laughs> I don't know how many people will be showing up to your show for that, though. Well, you know, it'd be like Gigi Allen, you know. Uh, yeah. Like, if you like Gigi Allen, you'll love yeah. Stereo Bukaki. <laughs> you'll love. <laughs> Dress as though you were attending a Gallagher show. Right. <laughs> Break out the vinyl tarps. Oh my god. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so who's uh, is it my turn? Uh-huh. Okay, so for my next one, I've got Oh, right. This one. This is a cool one. And you talk about a, a an era of a band that is grossly underrated. Uh talking about the Cross Purposes album by Black Sabbath that came out in 1994. Mm, yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. was paying any attention to Black Sabbath by this point, especially by this point because Ronnie James Dio had left the band again. Um, they did the Dehumanizer album in '92, I believe. It's a great album, and you know that yeah. peaked, that piqued a little bit of interest. And then he left, and then I think most people are like, "Well, what's the point?" But they brought back Tony Martin, who I think is criminally underrated as a singer. Oh, yeah. um, I love the vocals mm-hmm. he brought to the band. I always have. And um, but uh, you know, Ronnie and Vinny Vinny Apice left or Apice, however you want to pronounce it. And then they also brought in um, former Rainbow drummer Bobby Rondinelli. And then Jeezer was in the band until the end of this year, and then he left. 
Wow. So, you know, a lot of change going on in the Black Sabbath world. But um, there's a really some really good material in here. It opens with Eyewitness. You know, you've got... uh a great song. Psychophobia is pretty cool. Uh, Immaculate Deception. I like that. Cardinal Sin is a great yeah, song. Yeah, Cardinal Sin is awesome. Ooh, I love that song. But uh, I want So underrated. So for a cool bonus track from this, this album, I believe this is also on the Japanese version. This is a song called What's the Use? so weird because by that point it's like they don't really have any kind of redeeming quality that makes them black sabbath and that's why they, that's why they said what's the use what's the use yeah. just, i mean <laughs> not in its own right that era of the band is is awesome the yeah. songs are great the musicianship is yeah. great tony martin's an awesome singer but when i think of black sabbath it really is nothing to do with that band yeah. you know and by that point you know, Sabbath has been gone for a long time. 
when if you were an Aussie fan, you dropped off a long time ago. Mm-hmm. If you held on through the deal years, you know that's ups and downs. And then by the time Tony Martin comes in, or comes back and comes and goes <laughs> yeah. and returns and comes back and all this stuff in that era to me is just Tony Iommi. Well, I it's, mean, it's Tony Iommi solo projects ever since you know Seven yeah. Star on. Well, a lot of those albums were he was forced to call them Black Sabbath. The record right. label was like, "We're not going to release it unless you put that name on there." Yeah. So I mean, right, like the Glenn Hughes album, exactly. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. They, and I, but yeah. I love that record. Oh, me too. Um, yeah. But you know, they were still r- close to doing uh, work with what was it, Ice T? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and was it Forbidden? Forbidden. Yep. Oh, I actually like that song. You and Victor Ruiz are the two people <laughs> in the world that like that album. <laughs> I hate that record, but um, it's different for sure. And that's what—that's a totally yeah. different singer there too on that one. So I mean, Black Sabbath—it's—it's yeah. it's weird times. And you know, we just did our 300th episode a few weeks back, but that was one that I, I meant to mention when we were talking about it was the, the episode other side we did of La- Sabbath. on the other side of Sabbath with, with Rob which Kern. was with Rob, and it yeah. was the uh, the Tony Martin era. Yeah, that was like one of the first episodes I did where I felt my brain swell. And we worked like, hard on that one. I am so much smarter than yeah. before we recorded this. I, I, yeah, I spent like two full <laughs> weeks really. Like dissecting that whole part of the catalog because yeah. I'd never really given it much of a chance. I like to recommend that episode to people that have never really listened to any of that because we really we knocked it out of the park with that episode. I'm still proud of that one all these years I, later. I think we even made Rob like some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was begrudgingly like. <laughs> so what is your okay. guy, what is your guys' favorite Tony Martin album of that era? I guess I'd have to go with Headless Cross. I think that's. I mean, I think that's the best one. Another, I'm partial also okay. to the Tear album or Tire, or however you want to pronounce yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. This one's good too, though. Cross purposes. I, I, I think I got to go with cross purposes. I think I like this. Yeah, one and the it's best. kind of known also because I think Eddie Van Halen co-wrote Evil Eye too, even though he didn't get credit because of the that's whole right. record label um, issue. But that's what, according to that's of lore that he he co-wrote and potentially played on it, though they cut out his guitar parts. Wow! Can you imagine Jeez. being in a room? Tony Iommi's over here. He's got a guitar. Eddie Van Halen's over here. He's got a guitar. And they're in the same room. That's Stereo Bukaki. Yeah. That's Stereo Bukaki. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a new duet album title uh, already. We do. <laughs> now guitar battle to the death. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And they'll cover Love Gun. Oh, God. <laughs> or Christine 16, yeah. We're devolving, yeah. All right. Yeah, doubtful. <laughs> All right. Back to you, Aaron. All right. Here's one. This is cool, man. One of my all-time favorite bands. We should probably play more of them around here. I feel like every time we do play them, it's like, man, when was the last time we played any Tesla? It's been a while. We're due. And this is one of my all-time favorite Tesla songs. This one came out in 1995 when Tesla came out with the uh, Times Making Changes, the Best Of album. And, of course, that's stacked with all kinds of great songs over the years. But what always struck me as funny is all the songs on that album that were their biggest hits. And then they got this new song on there Mm -hmm. that... Man, it stands toe-to-toe with what they consider to be the best of Tesla. I consider this song to probably be, man, right up there with my favorite Tesla songs of all time. This one just blows me away. I love it. I just rock out every time I hear it, which isn't often enough. But today you can rock out with me because I love it. This is Tesla with a tune called Steppin' Over. Over. 
never said I knew all the right things to do, but I know when something's wrong, why would you choose something knowing that you lose once again? It's lost and gone, never gonna change, cause you made up your mind. Ain't nobody stopping you crossing that line. You're stepping over to the other side. When nothing's real and only appeals, so how it makes you feel inside. I know, although it seems the best is going and it's always good. You're stepping over. Things to say, only no way. You hear what I said. I remember when you used to be a friend I could talk to, and I trusted you. You say it doesn't matter, but did you want it this way? Ain't nobody stopping you or taking. buying that i already had all their stuff but i bought that album just for that song yeah yeah me too 
Yeah. It's so good. You yeah. got to have it. That's another West Coast band, too. Yeah? Yeah, out of Sacramento. Sacramento guys. Nice. Cool. All right. Yep. Well, Brian, what have you got next? All right. So next, I'm going to go with a Skid Day. And, and as most most fans know, Beggar's Day is the track that was included on the clean version of Slaves to the Grind instead of Get the Fuck Out. And it was also included as a bonus track on their Japanese uh, release of the album. You know, as much as I love Get the Fuck Out as a teenager, and I, and I still do, but the better song, in my opinion, is Beggar's Day. Yes. And ideally, both tracks should have been included on the album. And I'm kind of still waiting for the re-release of this album that includes both, you know, both tracks. Uh, in any case, Better, Beggar's Day is, is just has a terrific intro that sounds unique and kind of different than anything else on the album. And, and the breakdown's killer, and the twin mm-hmm. guitar solos are just terrific. They're really well done. And, of course, Sebastian's just you know kicking ass all over the place. I'd love to get the story behind the song. So if you guys plan on doing another you know Albums Unleashed, please do it for Slave to the Grind because you know your episode covering the self-titled debut is, is just amazing. And Slave really deserves you know the same, same type of treatment. Do you, uh, do you remember what episode that was? I don't remember the na- the number, but <laughs> you're busted because we already did it. <laughs> oh, did, really? Come on, man. Yeah, that was the, the wait, 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 wait. I, I thought you only did this self-titled. <laughs> no, the first one we did was Michael Wagner for Slave to the Grind. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I, got I knew fe- it was too good to be true. I got a feeling you're going to like it. <laughs> I think you'll like I think we even. I think we talk about that song. I know we do. Yeah, we yeah. do. Okay. So listen okay. to that and you'll get your answer. There you go. So. <laughs> awesome.
I love that song. Awesome. But the funny thing is, is when you were a kid, I know all three of us are about that age. We all mm-hmm. bought Sa- Slave to the Grind when it was new. You want which, the dirty version? Yeah. Which, yeah. Which copy did you buy? <laughs> yeah, the same one as me. The one with the with get the fuck out on it it's because f word. It's got the sticker. Yeah. You know, you got to have this album with the sticker on it that warns you there's some bad stuff on here. Yeah. And that song is just so over the top. You yeah. know that it was when I we I talked about this a little while back with the VIPs during the Chris and Aaron show about my days working at a strip club as a DJ when I was mm. younger. This was always my closing song. Party's over. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Right. But you, you get a little older, and you get back to finally get to hear that other song, and it's like, wow, I wish yeah. I'd have been listening to this song all along. If I had to choose between the two, mm-hmm. I agree with Brian. I go with Beggar's Day every time. Oh, I would too. And I and also, you know, that, that intro guitar part is very reminiscent of, like, Paperback Writer by the Beatles or um, Last Train to Clarksville by the Monkees. It's yeah, got that, that's, rocked old. Yeah. It's got that same sound to it. Very yeah. hooky, very catchy. Yeah, one of my favorite Skid Row songs I love for it. sure. Fantastic song. Okay, so <clears throat> back to me, and uh, you know, and we had a hard, hard time. I had a hard time narrowing my list down. So this one uh, came up. You know, as, as Aaron said, a few came to mind right away, but then you start, then you start going down the rabbit hole, and you start researching, yeah. and then you start realizing, oh wow, and then you start picking up that there's a bunch you had never even heard before, and then you forget you're supposed to be doing research, right? Oh God, <laughs> yeah. I think about three or four nights ago, I spent like a good four hours just listening to bonus tracks yeah. all through the internet, and this one I didn't even know existed um, because I had just the regular digital version of the album when it came out, and that was the Infestation album by Rat that came out in 2010, and. Uh, it was their seventh. I believe it was their seventh studio album in 2010. That's a lot, lot of la, yeah. you know long gaps of time between For albums. Sure. Um, yeah, it's also the first studio album with Carlos Cavazo on on guitar. It's a hell of a comeback album. Yeah, and uh, the last one with Robbie Crane on bass because he was finishing his time out with the band at that time because Juan hadn't come back and and I'm happy to say it's the last album to feature Bobby Blotzer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Came out probably on, the last one ever. Yeah, probably. Well, I know Stephen keeps saying they have something they're working on. Yeah, we'll see. That'd be nice, I guess. Uh, also, the first album since the death of Robin Crosby, and I've got a friend calling me on Facebook. That's yeah. a bummer. Yeah, and um, but no, this album was a huge return to form, and um, and I read interviews with you know Juan and uh, not Juan with uh, Stephen and Warren saying that. It was a concerted effort to make it sound like the album that would have come out between Out of the Cellar and uh, is it Dancing Undercover? Yeah, um, it would it yeah. would have came out during that era, and and they pulled it off in my opinion. And they're like, there's kind of a there's an unsung hero in this. This is the producer, a guy named Elvis Basket, and he co-wrote almost every song on here. Oh yeah, and uh, so I think he probably was a big fan and helped new help kind of corral them into you know pulling off that old sound and of course best of me is the big single that came out from and i'll never forget when best of me came out like the video even looked cool and this that song was a huge surprise because i don't think a lot especially after the 99 self-titled album which has some moments but i think a lot of people were like oh what is a rat album gonna sound like right and then that came out i was like wow they sound like rat yeah you know so that was a and there's a lot of great songs on this record but this uh this bonus track fits right in and it has the same 80s type sound. This is a song called Scatter.
Guys, heard that one before? Not the no. Uh uh-uh. uh. I've heard that whole album, but not that one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I made sure I went out and, and they actually included that song and a few like kind of like rock line acoustic tracks um, of pre you know older rat songs on that too. And that that's a that's a cool song. And you had mentioned Elvis Basquet. And I guess he also I think produced uh, Slash's solo records uh, with Miles. And oh, so really? he's definitely kind of up there with uh, rock producing now. Yeah, he he got great tones and sounds on this one. Yeah, yeah, he made him sound yeah. like like a million bucks, like they used to, you know, back when they were really fired yeah. on all cylinders. Well, it's got that '80s kind of bombastic sound, big yeah. drums, huge guitar sound, and I I just yeah, that, that works for Rat. That. Yeah. yeah, it works for them. Awesome. All right, well, Brian, what do you got? All right, so my last pick is uh, Lynch Mob, and the song is called Love in Your Eyes. And so this is one of the Japanese-only bonus tracks from the self-titled 1992 Lynch Mob album, which featured Robert Mason on vocals. Um, so most fans, you know, kind of, for, most fans of Lynch Mob kind of immediately dismiss this album and, and favor Wicked Sensation, which to me is kind of unfair. Um, you know, I'm not saying that the 
1992 album is better than Wicked Sensation, but I think there's a lot of kick-ass material on this on the self-titled album. And this bonus track really shouldn't have been on the original album. It actually kind of reminds me of something like a cross between Wicked Sensation and something that could have been on Back of the Attack yeah. from from uh, Back for the Attack from Dawkin. And of course, George Lynch's playing is stellar, and as you would imagine, I've always enjoyed Robert Mason's voice, and I think he's totally underrated and often forgotten. Uh, in in you know hard rock and i know chris and aaron are always requesting strange and perverse items from the amazon link so that's chris i suggest (laughs) (laughs) guilty so i suggest everyone go out and check out robert mason's band that he was in after lynch mob Uh, and and wait for it his band was called big cock yes and uh going back going back yeah going back to king cobra uh Dave Henserling was actually in Big Cock and uh, plays oh, wow. guitar, and they kind of, they definitely have a tongue-in-cheek uh, Steel Panther vibe. Yeah. So check them out. Use the Amazon link, and, and also check out you know Robert Mason in, in the current lineup of Warrant. They're That's putting right. out some good stuff. Yeah.
do you think that Big Cock named themselves that so their fans would they'd have a whole bunch of people saying, I love Big Cock? <laughs> oh, I guarantee it. That's better. Guarantee I, it. I was going to come back and be like, so, Brian, let me understand. You really love Big Cock. Oh, you beat me to the joke. <laughs> I, I beat you to the – I totally stepped on your joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, seriously, no, it reminds though, me of it's, the, it's a know, great in, band. In the private parts when they're doing, you know, Big Cock coming out of your mouth and dirtier than, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Right, I love that. No, I I yeah. recommend that album too. That that's good stuff. You know, it's it like you say, it's kind of got the the humor to it, mm-hmm. but the the guitars in it are just yeah. over the top, just killer. And Robert Mason's awesome. Yes. me and Metal Mike met him yeah. and got to hang out with him for a little bit here in Nashville a couple of years You're ago. Right. He was a super cool guy. I got to wave at him, and that was all I got to say. But you guys uh-huh. ended up going to the bar after, right? Yeah, for a great episode that no one ever heard except us. That's right. Um, and then uh, <laughs> and then he did with Lynch Mob too. He did that Revolution album or yes. Revolution or however mm-hmm. it goes. Yep. And they covered some old docking tunes on it yeah. with Robert singing it. And, man, he... I do can sing whew. the phone book. Yeah. He's incredible. He adds a whole lot to them songs. And not to say, you know, he's better than Don Dockin or Don <laughs> Dockin's better than him. I'll say it. He's better but, than Don Dockin. But he adds a... I Especially mean, now. <laughs> that, yeah, that Revolution album is killer. Yeah. Dockin needs to change their name to Talkin'. You, mm. <laughs> you have you heard, you've heard the story about Robert Mason that he actually sang backup vocals be- Behind the during the Osmosis tour. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's some good stuff about that. See, and that just goes to show his talent because you know he never goes without a gig for too long. Right. That's right. All right. And I highly recommend the new Warren album with Robert. Singer. Yeah, it's lot, good. There's a lot of good tracks on that song. That album. It's really good. Yeah. All right, Aaron, you got your last one. All right. So when we decided to do this, I thought, what is the greatest bonus track of all time? Boy, I gotta think back. What what could be the best? Like none better. Then I thought, well, that had to happen way back in 1977 when Kiss invented the bonus track. They invented the bonus. They track? They totally invented the bonus track <laughs> on Kiss Alive Two, because you know Kiss Alive was just a big old live album. Mm. But with Kiss Alive Two, you got bonus tracks and some damn good ones. I gotta correct and, you. What? ZZ Top did that concept first. That's where Kiss got the idea. Oh, yeah. Fandango, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It was Fang- yeah, I think it was Fandango. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think so. Like three three live sides and a fourth fourth uh, studio side. Well, that doesn't really support my argument here very much. Thank you, Mr. Professor Sinzak. Sorry. We're talking about Kiss Alive 2. Yeah. And I'm talking about Rocket Ride.
Spaceman. Yes. Look, it's rock and roll. Kiss, and inventors of the bonus track. I know your number one would have something to do with Ace Frehley. Well, I was thinking about it, and it's like, well, duh, Kiss Alive 2. Bonus track's right there, the fourth side. Yeah. You can't go wrong with any of those songs. Well, almost any of those songs. I like all of them, actually. Yeah. Yeah, even any way you want it, I think. Yeah. Cool. Any way you want it's a little, I don't know. Not at, at the top of the list of my favorite Kiss songs, but I tell you, Rocket Ride is right up there Why? at the top. Rocket Rod. God, I love that solo. I love the. I love everything. The drumming is pretty spectacular. I love everything about it. Yeah. All right. And it was a total precursor to what eventually would become his solo album. So you could you could see where he was going with that. Yeah, definitely. Can you imagine throwing that on the solo album? Jesus. Oh God. We're not going to let him play on any of our songs. He's tearing it up enough on his own. Boy, he's really going to be out of control. Mm -hmm. Egomaniac. So did we skip a song for Brian? Or no? We, so are, no, I did it? all five. Okay. Yeah. Are we done? Is that the end of it? I've got one more. Okay. I've got yeah. one more, and then we're going to come back and talk to Brian about his show a little bit and movies, and mm-hmm. uh, then we'll have a playout song that I specifically So picked. do you have one more, or is I that have the one playout more. song? No, I have one more, and then we'll have the playout song after. Okay, so let's hear yours, and yes. then we'll talk, and then, yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay, so... Aaron's cool. actually heard this before because I cracked him up playing it for him a few months ago. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, there's a band called Ed Guy, and if I've played them before, but if you're newer to the show, you may not be familiar with Ed Guy. Love Tiger. Yeah, Love Tiger, one of the best songs ever written. Uh, they're a power metal band from Fulda, Germany, and they were formed in 1992 by 14-year-old students, Tobias Samet, Jens Ludwig, Dominic Storch, and Dirk Sauer. The name Ed Guy was an affectionate epithet for their math teacher at the time. So this band goes back to childhood. Yeah. And the, al- the I'm going to play the bonus track from the album Space Police Defenders of the Crown that came out in 2014. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. Mm-hmm. And it was really my first exposure to Ed Guy because they've done a lot of albums before this one. Yeah, I remember that. That was my first time yeah. I ever really listened to them either. For some reason, I just thought they were, it was something else than what well, it is. Most of the rest of their catalog is more straight up power metal, you know, and it's got that progressive sound to it. But yeah. this album is probably heavier, more commercial hard rock. Um, but it also has a lot of humor in it too. Like these guys don't take themselves too seriously. And um, there's also there's a fantastic cover of Rock Me Amadeus on this album. Wow. It's like a metal version of that. And um, Love Tiger, there's a song called The Realms of Baba Yaga. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of funny stuff on this record, but it's all performed really well. And Tobias Samet, he's also part of the band Avantasia, who, you know, they've done a million albums, too. The guy's got an incredible voice. And uh, this is a song, a very tongue-in-cheek song, about their love of, of all things England, especially... Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. This is Ed Guy with a song called England. It's been a long time since I've been with you. You may be gray green, but matchless and wide. I wanted to sniff an every inch of you. Went to Birmingham New Street to take a ride.
you've got Steve Harris. England, I know, I may have explained it somewhere before, but I swear it wasn't my idea to contrive that silly one. Okay, I've got to admit this was um, an improper try of a joke. Another German bloke Who loves afternoon tea And Bob Capley And Mr Bean Who loves to buy miniature phone booths And cute little snow globes Running snow on a cute little queen Mostly you're jolly At times you're frustrated England Then rest assured I also think Penalties you It makes me want to move there, yeah. like right now. Move over, Coxie. We're coming. Right. Brian, had you heard that song before? Never heard him, but I definitely checked it out, and the lyrics are amazing. So, yeah, <laughs> this is, is going to be one a new, a new band on my playlist. <laughs> yeah, so have you heard the rest of that album or Love Tiger or any of those? I haven't. Oh, I haven't. dude. So oh, you got to check out Love Tiger. <laughs> if you're the, with, just looking at your songs picks today, Love Tiger will be like one of your favorite songs. Yeah, if you it listen will. To it. 
Okay, cool. Awesome. It's, it's hard pressed that you could say that about just about anybody. Hey, if your taste in music is good, you will love the song "Love Tiger." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I've I've wowed so many people with that song. Yeah, by sending them that link. So cool. All right. Well, so awesome. so we've got the our our picks out of the way. Well, let's talk a little bit about you. You know, you first came on the podcasting scene through doing being a uh, contributor to our DBG VIP, and you did a Radio Sucks episode with us, and uh, like. So many people, it seems, that do episodes with us, then they, they go off and, and start their own show. So you are another bastard child of the Decibel Geek podcast. That's right. I mean, it, you guys gave me the confidence, and it was so enjoyable, the experience. I couldn't have, you know, I loved listening to you guys, and it was kind of surreal to, to actually talk to you guys. And uh, it was so much fun. And, and everybody had been saying, well, well, why don't you do a podcast? And I didn't, I didn't want to do music because there's so many good music podcasts out there. I compete with the decibel geeks um and i didn't want to compete with my other favorites and so i thought well why don't we why don't we do movies then and i could you know possibly cross pollinate between uh the fans and there's so many you know movie topics out there so eventually damn good movie memories was born and uh, it's been a lot of fun we've been doing it for over a year and we have you know a couple we have over 60 episodes now and we just had uh, a friend of the decibel geeks mr ian wadley wadzilla on the last two episodes and he was amazing, of course. You never know what he's going to say, as you guys know. And he's a huge fan of Vinnie Vincent, as as you guys, of course, know as well. So, <laughs> no, he uh, is Vinnie he Vincent. Is just no comment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I don't want to go there because I know the Kiss Expo is coming, so yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yet. But definitely check out that episode on uh, on the Decibel Geek podcast. But uh, if, if you guys would indulge now. me, I'd love to ask you a few a few of the topics that, that we covered on Damn Good Movie Memories. I think th- this would be really interesting. All right, cool. Yeah, let's do it. We're down. All right. So this was the very first episode we did, and I asked everyone, what is the first movie you guys remember seeing in a movie theater? Oh, I remember three. And I'm not sure what order they were in, but I remember seeing E.T. because my Aunt Pam took mm-hmm. me to it. And then afterwards told me, E.T.'s in your closet. And I wasn't scared that E.T. was in the closet, but I was freaked out about dudes in white suits coming busting in trying to find them. That was pretty scary. Part. So, yeah, she messed <laughs> me up over that. And then my Uncle Pete took me to see Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, yeah. And then my parents took me to see Return of the Jedi. Them are the first three movies I can remember seeing. Very That's gosh, awesome. this is so close because ET was the first one I remember seeing. I was taken to a drive-in with my family as a real small kid to see um, Empire Strikes Back, but I have no memory of that at all. Yeah, um, but I do. Right. Rem- I remember going to see ET, and that's the first one I remember seeing. And I remember. Reese's Pieces were brand new because they were part of the movie promotion. Yeah. And I was excited to get Reese's Pieces. So I got those as we went into the theater, and then I spilled them. Oh, no. And, I, and this is right as the previews are playing, and I threw a shit fit. I was a tough little I was a I was a mean kid. So I, like, threw a fit, and then my parents almost took me home. So I almost missed E.T., but they were like, you know, either shut the hell up or we're leaving. Wow. And I shut up and I saw E.T. But you're right. The scene with the guys in the coat scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, also when they're him and Elliot are really sick. It was just freaky. But I, that was the first one I remember, and I do remember seeing um, Jedi also. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because that's, that's mine too. E.T. was the first movie I remember seeing, and it was such a big deal when it came out on VHS, and I think it was like 1988 or something like that. That was like yep. the first of four to actually purchase. You didn't have to rent it a million times. And, yeah, E.T. was a big deal, I think, for everyone you know, in our generation. Sure. Yeah, for sure. 
Yes, yeah, right along. All that right, timeline. so that. Yeah, so the next movie question we have is uh, what, this is cross pollinating between music and movie soundtrack. Hmm. I'd have to go with Trick or Treat from '86, Fast Way. Oh, the favorite soundtrack. Fast yeah, Way. yeah, that's one of my favorite soundtracks. Um, 1994's Airheads. It's got the Ramones on it, White Zombie, Anthrax. It does a cover of a Smith song on there. I had no idea it was a Smith song. I just thought, this is amazing. They do a song called London on there that's really good. Oh, yeah, okay. And then you get Motorhead teaming up with Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe and Ice T. Mm. And so I I always like that. Born and Raised Hell. Um, Lesson Zero soundtrack. It's got Poison, Poison, Aerosmith, Joan Jett, Danzig, Slayer, and something you never hear me say very often that really kick ass Bangles song. Hazy Shade of Winter. Hazy Shade of Winter. I love that song. And uh, I guess, oh, yeah, music from the elder. <laughs> <laughs> Soundtrack to a movie that doesn't that. exist. <laughs> An album that makes me hope for stereo bukkake. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I didn't prepare like he did for this part of the show. Um, That's the only thing I prepared oh, for. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we have we halfway covered it. Uh, I guess I'm just going to go off the top of my head for like ones that I like the most. Um, the Crow soundtrack from the yeah. mid '90s had a lot of cool yeah. stuff on it. Uh, and for it's funny, I'm not a fan of The Cure at all, but the song by The Cure on there is great. It, it's mm-hmm. like it's where he's mm-hmm. you know there's a whole long scene where they play most of that song, and then of course uh, I think it's Plush from Stone Temple Pilots is on that. Yeah. Or, uh, but yeah, I just I think Pantera's on there. I think I think so. I just remember I had it. And yeah, I just listened do, to it yeah. all the time. Oh, and also, um, Beavis and Butthead do America. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that had a lot of great songs on. Mental it. Masturbation by Jackal. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Ninety Nine Ways to Die. Yeah. Yeah. Megadeth. Yep. Bullet, uh, what was the anthem? Yeah, my two favorite. Oh, was it Looking Down the Barrel? Of looking the gun? Down the Barrel of a Gun. Yeah, yeah that's a killer yes. too. Yeah, my two favorites are, are some of the classics. So the Blues Brothers, absolutely. That that was I listened to that nonstop. And then the Rocky soundtracks, whether it be Rocky Three with Survivor, or Rocky Four with Survivor, or even the original with Gonna Fly Now. Those those are by far my two favorites. Oh, I forgot about Rocky Four, man. Some great the Survivor, and then you got the song No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper, the total one hit wonder. And uh, that song's great. And if you want to hear a great cover of that. Bullet from My Valentine does an awesome cover, and that's actually a bonus track. I should have fucking picked that song. There you go. Damn. You're getting getting bonus, bonus tracks. Yeah, I know. (laughs) All right. So my last question for you guys is, uh, what is your favorite 80s movie songs? Hmm. You know, kind of guilty pleasures on these couple (laughs) I'm thinking of. Um, I was just recently listening to this, and so it, it stands out to me. Um, heavy metal taking a ride by Don Felder. Mm-hmm. I love that song. That's a good one. I don't listen to it very often. I heard it the other day. I was like, oh man, that's I forgot how good that is. And uh, <laughs> from the uh, old James Bond movie from when I was a teenager, Duran Duran's View to a Kill. Oh boy, I like that song a lot. I wish somebody would just do a have a metal band that covered Duran Duran songs. Hmm. Because them, them songs lend themselves to harder rock than what Duran Duran was. There's got to like, be metal versions Duran Duran owed it to those songs to rock them out a little more, I think. Hmm. But I love the song View to a Kill. That's a good one. Um, 
God, I, I bet yeah. you Robert Tepper with No Easy Way Out from Rocky IV. I, I, that would be the top one because it's a cheesy song, but I always love that song. Uh, I like the Alice Cooper song from the uh, oh, Friday man, the 13th. Yeah, Man Behind the Mask. That's, That's a great a one. one. Uh, Up the Creek by uh, Cheap Trick from the album. Up the yeah. Creek. That's good. Uh, those are the ones off the top of my head that, that hit me right away. Yeah. All the songs from the movie Detroit Rock City. That's not the 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not the 80s, is it? <laughs> um, all the song, all the songs. Oh, I know. I got one. Here's the best one. Hmm. Rip, rip, rip and destroy. That's the 70s. Close, Close enough. Yeah, I can't think of any other yeah, ones off right I'm, off the top I'm, of my I'm, head, I'm tapped out. Well, I think of the movie Better Off Dead just for the claymation scene doing you know van halen's everyone wants some and so even though it wasn't specifically written for the movie uh that is a classic 80 song and if you love van halen that that's like required viewing i yeah. do i do love van halen. oh how could i forget sex farm by spinal tap oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes you can't go wrong with spinal tap soundtrack poking your hay there were some Dave Menachetti lyrics right there. <laughs> I think we solved the, the mystery. <laughs> oh, man. This is fun. All right. So you got it. Awesome. So, yeah, it? that's a, that's exactly what what the podcast is like. I just interview film buffs, and we, we do a different subject every, every week. And it's it just totally off the cuff. It's a lot of fun. And some upcoming episodes we're going to do are, like, favorite movies based in uh, certain cities, whether it be San Francisco, New York, Chicago. Well, let's do um, let's do a total plug for your show. Like, tell them the name and where they can find you and everything. Yeah. It's called Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can find it on iTunes, of course. You can find it on Podbean under damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Uh, we have a few episodes on YouTube, but anything involving music, of course, we don't put it on there. And uh, yeah, so anywhere you really find your your uh, your favorite podcast, you can definitely find it there. But iTunes and Podbean are probably the main places to see it. And if you if you love you love talking about movies, you love hearing about movies definitely check it out and uh there's even an episode where i uh do an episode that isn't involving movies it's just our, my favorite musical breakdowns and it's kind of a tribute to the decibel geeks um you know for having me on the first time and really giving me the inspiration to start my own podcast so i can't thank you guys enough and i'm a loyal listener and even though i screwed up and i forgot that you guys did a slave to the grind albums <laughs> unleashed it's it's uh i, I you guys are weekly listening for me and I never miss an episode. And, and thank you so much guys. Except for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that one. Obviously, I got to go back and listen. <laughs> it's the one you missed is the one you wanted to hear the most. You failed the test. You're out of the club. I know. That's right. <laughs> no, man, we always I have know. so much fun when you I come on the show it. with us. So, you know, it, it works in our favor as well. Yeah. So, uh, come back sometime and, uh, I'm going to end this show on a very um, upstanding, classy note. This is from Inside the Electric Circus by Wasp. This is a lovely little ditty called Douchebag Blues. (laughs) We'll see you next week. (laughs) This isn't the stuff we normally do for you guys that are buying this. This is what happens when you consume massive amounts of drugs and alcohol.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 